welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, episode 20. We made it, folks. Our final McConaughey episode. I'm Denali. I'm Ryan. I'm Jace. All right, all right. We have reached the end of our McConaughey journey. We have watched 10 beautiful episodes. How we feel about McConaughey. The end is Um, after the start, baby. But it's that's the beauty. That's the beauty about ends. I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and a big a big pass on McConaughey. I'm sorry, guys. A big pass. Done with yeah. McConaughey. A little, a little just down the middle, you know. Today revitalized it for me. Like I think, um, obviously we pick our structure for our movies kind of weird. We go up, we go down, uh, and we kind of pick on Love the spot. Those. But I think if we had hit this movie at like four or five. I think we could have had a Ben Affleck effect. And I think yeah. I think we could have uh, gotten some love for him and been like, okay, I want to see where it goes now. I think maybe um, Ghost of Girlfriend's Past was too bad. Mm-hmm. Right. If we went really low. Now I think us. Ar- Armageddon was bad, but that was a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But Ghost of Girlfriend's Past was just a terrible, terrible movie and a terrible performance. And he was like just a scumbag. So I think that's what did it for me. Um, never really got off the ground. You think it kind of soured it uh, for you, his reputation in that movie, and it kind of rubbed you the wrong way for the rest of it, you think? Right. Yeah. And Jace, you brought up a good point. Like, I think that because I was I was around where Ryan was, where I was kind of like, eh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the road with McConaughey, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But then this movie kind of went up a little bit yeah. i was like oh this is great and we can talk about the movie in a little bit um but yeah i think you're right i think if we watch this early on our whole mindset of mcconaughey is going to shift and i think we've spent a lot of time like you, you told us before um before the McConaissance with this with this season mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time watching his stinkers 30 <laughs> percent of this season was rom-coms which you know we probably don't aren't, aren't super big fans of um so we could feasibly, not saying we got to do it, not saying we got to do it for next season, but we could do a McConaughey revisited eventually um, and maybe maybe give those other good McConaughey movies a chance. Maybe watch that Dallas Buyers Club. Maybe watch that Surfer Dude. Ooh, Failure to ooh. launch. Yeah. Failure, we didn't give Failure to launch a chance. So I think, you know, maybe some seasons down the road, you know, if we're feeling like we want to give McConaughey another chance here, um, or unless he runs for governor and ends up being like a Nazi or something, then, you know, we, we just we throw this one right. in the trash, <laughs> which is which is imminent in my opinion. which like, it seems like a coin flip to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> it really like close. a real coin flip. We're playing this real close to the chest, guys. Like, oh, baby, I hope it works out. <laughs> Matt, if you're out there and you're looking for a campaign officer, um, if you turn out not to be a Nazi. Well, no, I don't want to do that. But if you want to pay me money, I will tell people good things about some of your movies. Yes, we will shamelessly plug you if you are not a Nazi. That's I cannot emphasize that. Well, there's other things, too. Like, that's not the Uh, only requirement. Let's let's be clear. Okay. yeah, yeah. I think. No, that's fair. That's fair, Ryan. Uh, But I do want money. Yeah. Matt, can you You want me me to give me some money, please? Matt, I'll I'll, I'll do an impression of you for a whole episode. If you give me some money, baby. You gotta add that little bit of back of the throat kind of smooth. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like you're you're talking back here. You're yeah. talking back here. Get a little bit of a draw in there. Huh. Do one. Let's feed his plumber. 
<laughs> oh my god, that was Matthew McConaughey as a Swedish plumber. I've never oh seen. Oh my god! Holy that was, shit! That was two layers. Force. That's two layers deep. <laughs> hey, um, I have a short story. Oh, you got something you wanna you wanna tell our I have, audience? I have a short one. I think you guys might enjoy this actually. Um, for once. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me strap in real quick. Let me pull the pull the safety bars down. Let's go. All right. Go ahead, Ryan. The on Friday night we have a drive-in here in Rochester, mm-hmm. and me and Julie had been planning to go to the drive-in, and because there was a double feature, a battle royale one v one double feature okay. of Mortal Kombat and Godzilla versus Kong. The new. The oh new shit! Oh, nice. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a sweet night. Yeah. Yeah. So we had it all planned. We went, um, showed up. We brought the dog. <laughs> no, which was a okay. huge mistake in hindsight. <laughs> in hindsight, like, I could have told you that two weeks before you played the plans. <laughs> Jason and I are seeing it with regular sight and know it's a bad idea. <laughs> Did he shit on the movie screen somehow? He climbed up on the like... movie screen in the middle of the movie and shit oh. all over. All the your dog thing. stories is that he shits on something. So I'm, I'm curious to where the what wild place this is going to go. Uh, the, the, honestly, he has terrible, terrible like gingivitis. And so his bre- breath is rancid. His breath is still worst. And I'm stuck in a car with him with him for four hours watching these movies. And he fogs up all the windows. He'll fog up all the windows if you don't have like the defrost on. Anyways, that's not relevant too much. Because we showed up and it turns out there was a glitch on their website. And that screen showing those movies was reserved for a private event. So we didn't get to see those movies. And the other choices were like some kids movies or the new Guy Ritchie movie starring Jason Statham. (laughs) Oh, Jason Statham. Yeah, Wrath of Man. I love that actor. And... uh, I kind of maybe expected it to be like a gentleman sequel. Um, by the way, we reviewed Gentleman two episodes ago for people who are listening. Yeah, watch um, the Gentleman. Watch the Gentleman. Yeah, also episode. made by, also directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. This movie that I'm watching in this story was directed by the same person, so that's why we're saying that. Um, he, it was pretty good. I, we actually really liked yeah. it. We actually, it was probably a better movie than Mortal Kombat or uh, Godzilla vs Kong. It was probably better than both of them combined. Probably a low. <laughs> it was a low bar. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually decent. Like it wasn't yeah. nearly as good as the gentleman. What it really wasn't, but it was pretty good. Jason Statham. Oh man, that guy has not washed up. Really? Still got it? Yeah. He's good. Yeah. By by in a way, the best actor in the whole movie. Really? He was the only yeah, he was the only person who was showing up and saying his lines, not like, Hello, it is my turn to talk. Um, my the script in front of me. There's a guy with cue cards. I can't quite read him. Uh, I'm going to just say some things. He was the Let only person. Still talk like this. Yeah, I'm Jason Statham. Yeah, and his character is like this, you know, previously misaligned, yeah. you know, spited person. So he's like oh. all ang- he angsty all the time. That's it's new. Cool. He never plays guys who are mad or <laughs> have had a bad past. Yeah, always like really loving cheerful family man third grade history teacher mm-hmm. you no know, soccer drives coach. an ice cream truck yeah he'd be a good day. kid soccer coach oh yeah oh then yeah. he's got to coach a soccer game parent would rush onto the field and you know he'd like pull out a glock and pistol whip him 
That's a red card penalty. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else to that story. Oh, dog didn't shit in the car. No. I thought I what? thought that would that would be the the payout. There's no, no climax. The climax is that you saw a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, that's why I said it's a short story. It's not very exciting. It's a normal story in my life. It's just oh, so this is kind of life. like a a dazed and confused type of story where it's just kind of like a day in the life. Like there's yeah. not really a a narrative here. It's just you right. gotta just tell the story. <laughs> Watching a movie with your dog. I thought you'd be interested because it was a Guy Ritchie movie and we just watched him and we just talked. About okay, how he liked it. Yeah, that was that was yeah, I guess it was I was re listening to our episodes and I, I was listening to your um your 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 sandwich, Ruben sandwich story <laughs> from <laughs> the accountant. <laughs> and I, I just I think that narrative I, I just set the bar so high and so when he just gave me something that didn't have the dog pooping in the car, which I wanted as the payoff, you know. Yeah, why does every one of my stories have to do with that? <laughs> Taking a shit in the car. <laughs> It's this story was kind of like jazz, you know, it was like the story points you didn't hit. And I think that was kind of the beauty of it. You know, you're kind of dancing around the payoff. Yeah, I sh but well, that's also the thing is um, sometimes stories are just stories. Sometimes they're really good, like interesting stories. But if I every time someone told a story, if it was the craziest thing you've ever heard or really, really intense, you'd eventually start to be like, I think that person is making stuff up. Hmm. Right, like they're they're too young to have a highlight reel already. Right, they've they've got to have some normal mundane stories going on. Oh, I I I get it, man. I get what you're saying. So you're telling me that you didn't actually see a Guy Ritchie movie? No, he didn't. Saw Trolls World Tour. Yeah, if I saw a Trolls World Tour. I would actually be really stoked, and I'm probably tell you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right, we um, me and Jace have been doing a lot of impressions. Ryan, I have not heard you just do a solid McConaughey. Do you yeah. mind just kind of giving giving it your best crack? Because I think I've been carrying the impressions over here, if I dare say it. I've been giving you Ben. I've been giving you a lot of hours of Matt. Can you just give me your best Matt? Yeah, I, I don't know why you're under the okay. impression. Oh, that I uh -huh. uh, bring that as part of my resume. Like, hmm. Well, I just think all of us should have a decent share of the work. You know, like in Survivor, they talk about everyone, you know, bringing their, their own their own portion of the work yeah you've been grabbing five bananas walking to tribal and three bananas on the way back and we all share bananas okay you know this is an even banana community big boy right everyone's I got a banana yeah. i don't really really eat bananas but yeah uh okay you would I'll, if you I'll, were I'll, stuck okay. on a tropical island <laughs> i mean i understand i understand your complaint is that i'm not pulling putting i'm not putting in my own work just give me something, man. Just give me an all right, you know? Okay. No pressure, though. No, pr It doesn't have to be good. Me, 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 me. Okay. Close my eyes. Oh! Stuart, <laughs> you bastard! Oh! Is, it, is that what you're looking for? Let me, let me bring you closer to home, okay? You're, you're, you're Matthew McConaughey in Lincoln Lawyer. And you're drinking a glass of scotch yeah. like he mm. did in the movie. I'm in the scene. And, and, you know, I don't know. You're drinking. Uh, Your favorite? I'm Matthew McConaughey. Please, please buy Lincoln brand cars. That was good. That was good. I, I okay. actually had McConaughey in my head. Yeah. I, I, we're watching. Our audience obviously isn't. I need some okay. physical acting. Oh. Kind of uh, like, you know. Yeah, I feel like he's over. really open. Please, you know? please, please. You're please just buy. you're just putting your hands up like you're suggesting something. 
please buy uh, m- merchandise with my name on it. <laughs> okay, Chase, oh. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Chase, that was good. You got to give that one to him. I do. That's a point. I might say that is a, uh, that's all right. <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know? Yeah, I got some in my back pocket, you know. And ev- eventually we're going to have to talk about this at the end of this episode because we're going to go next episode, state of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to discuss, I think briefly, just kind of the format. We, we're probably going to agree on it before we, you know, we kind of prepare for the state of the podcast. Um, but we're also going to have to pick, you know, new subject, new theme, actor, whatever. Um, I'm interested in seeing, you know, what we're going to have to do impressions of, what our meter is going to be. It's going to be an interesting thing departing um, from Ben and Matt, who I think are, are just such strong figures in our culture today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be guys, tough. Art, it is going to be tough. So you're saying Airbud? I am so fuck. Don't get my don't don't get my heart pumping, Ryan. I I I would do a fucking Airbud season in a second. You know it. <laughs> So you're telling me we're going outside to the dog house? <laughs> I would be so psyched to do Air Buddies, Air Buddies in Space, original Air Bud. It sounds to me like all three of us are going to come to the state of the podcast pitching some kind of dog season. <clears throat> anyway. Um, Homeward Bound series. We got to focus on now. <laughs> Wait, you, hang on. Was that, a, was that a hint? Some kind of dog? Are you, are you, are you promoting Snoop Dogg movies? Could Been you a do lot. Ten? Starsky and Hutch. Um, uh, Surfer. I don't know. The Beach Bum. Um, the Beach Bum. He was in yeah. that one. We got two, baby. Um, I think we can we can do like we can do seasons that are a little shorter too. You know, I think ten's a good good sampler number. But if we're doing like Star Wars that has like eight or nine or whatever, you know, I feel like we can do like eight or nine episodes season. But let's 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 not uh let's not dwell on that right now. We what got do you mean? we got some business. We'd have to watch the Star Wars Christmas movie. That is ten. Yeah, there are others. <laughs> or solo, please God. <laughs> well, guys, are you guys feeling uh about getting into this movie? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I we're mean, a bit we of segments. I mean, I have a no, I have great. a story, but I don't know how it transfers to. It's an actual appropriate story, and I don't know how it yeah. totally transfers to this medium. Doesn't really Don't relate. Worry. After you're done telling it, we'll shit on you for it not having enough conflict. Yeah. Oh, there's enough conflict Look, in the story. This is a critique podcast, Ryan. And you know, I thought you were a little open to some critiques of your narrative. Hey, you know that experience you had on Friday night? <laughs> it sucked. It's fucking lame. You call that a day? Jesus Christ. You know how they kept out the boring parts of like the Iliad and the Odyssey? You could have oh. spared us that. What? <laughs> which boring parts <laughs> exactly then, uh, they didn't write about it <laughs> Achilles was on the boat for like three months and he got seasick a couple times and he ran out of raisins it sucked there's, there's really not much to do on a boat you guys. <laughs> played cards I guess Jace you can share your story um, oh, share, mm. this is a this is an open open forum you know get it out of your system okay I might have told this to you guys separately before the podcast, but it's a pretty good podcast story. Um, Yuri and I, when we travel, we like to buy scratchers. Okay, I haven't heard this story. Okay, yeah. Okay, like back scratchers, like 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 scratch off lottery tickets. Okay, we like to support the local economy by purchasing <laughs> states gambling <laughs> by buying into gambling. Um, guys are so saints. like everybody in Pennsylvania that I'm aware of, like in my entire family, really are like 
you're going to get a scratch off lottery ticket for your birthday. Yeah, their whole state uh, economy is held up by the lottery. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you've probably been to a gas station and saw somebody like scratching 10 scratchers. And there are people mm-hmm. that will buy like 10 of them, scratch the barcode off so they can just go in and scan the barcode. They don't play the game. I like playing the game. You know, I like easing into it. I like scratch a number in the bottom right and then move up to the middle left. So Yuri and I went to North Carolina and uh, we went to went to a store and we bought a scratcher, we bought a $20 scratcher. And we got back to the house we were staying at, um, scratched it, and we won $100. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So pretty big. And we're like, like, oh, holy shit. Okay. Um, that's like a, that's like a super fancy dinner, you know, makes us net positive on scratchers for our history. So we're like, my family, oh, we got to go to Walmart. You can cash it in. You can cash it in at Walmart. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Go to the Walmart. Where, where would you go? Where do you think you, where would you go if you went to a Walmart to, mm. to turn in a scratcher? So I've never done it, but I would think maybe like the customer service desk in front. I feel like I I've seen the customer service yeah. desk or the tobacco aisle. Okay, like yeah. one register yeah. with the tobacco the, in it. The sleazy aisle with all the, yeah, guns the ones and you don't really go to unless there's like nobody there. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we thought customer service because I'd never turned in a scratcher to a Walmart before, um, and this is that was really our mistake. So we went we went to the customer service aisle, and this is in a vacation spot in the middle of summer. So there are a bunch of people coming in and out of the town, and. Uh, we sat in the customer service aisle for like ten minutes before anyone. There were like two people in front of us. We were just waiting there like, what the fuck? Before somebody comes up and we're like, we have the scratcher. And she's like, ah, we don't do that at the service desk. You got to go to the tobacco aisle. Of course. So we're like already mildly defeated because it's been 10 minutes. The rest of my family has bought the things that they need. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just go. We'll go wait outside. Go ahead. Do it. So we walk over to the tobacco aisle and there are two people in front of us. There's somebody who took a full cart of groceries to the tobacco aisle, which is, I think, etiquette wise is not what you're supposed to do. I think you're supposed to have like 10 10 items or less and be buying cigarettes. So they took Mm -hmm. fucking forever. There's one guy in front of us. And also, this will tie in another aspect of the story. So he gets up and he's like, she's like, oh, what do you need? He's like, "Uh, buying cigarettes. Um, She's like, okay. So like once he's like, uh, I want the skinny ones. And she's like, what? Uh, okay. Well, this. She, he's like, yeah, no, no, no. The green, the green ones, the skinny ones, skinny ones. And she's like, ow, oh, and we don't have any of those in here. Okay. And he's like, well, those are the ones that I want. And she's like, I, there's there are no packs left. Thank God. And he's like, but I need those ones. Those are ones that I want. I want the skinny ones. And it's like, dude, Jesus Christ, please. He's like, okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, you sure you don't have any of the skinny ones? <laughs> it's like, why do you need the specific pack of cigarettes? And why does it take you 10 minutes to pick? And he's like, okay, um, what? Let me see, let me see that box. <laughs> oh, my God. We go through like another five minutes of this guy picking one pack of cigarettes to buy. And we finally get up. And I'm just like... This wasn't the first cigarette-related incident we'd had to where someone was very peculiar about the exact pack of cigarettes that they got. So I'm losing my fucking mind. And I'm looking at Yuri, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. This isn't worth it at all. We get to the lady. All we have is a scratcher. We hand it to her. And she's like, 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she, they have a separate computer system for the lottery. So she scans it and she tries to log in three times. And we're just like, oh my God. And she's like, ah, oh. hmm. And you can tell she's tried the same password like eight times in a row. Oh, and she yeah. scans it. And I'm like, no, 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 please, no. It's a Walmart. It's busy as shit. It's super fucking loud. She turns, she she looks across, right? We're in the aisle in between her and the next cash register. And there's probably a divider in between us. It's droning. It's a Walmart. People are walking. People are talking. It's in the, it's wild. And the person that's helping us out goes, Belinda. And I'm like, Into the microphone. Yeah. No, 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 no microphone. She leans forward. She's like, Belinda. And I'm like, Am I, I'm like, are you talking to the woman <laughs> over there? And she's like, Belinda? B Belinda? <laughs> In this quiet fucking Walmart, she's like, Belinda? Belinda? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, Did Belinda please? hear her? <laughs> no! She, she said it like 10 times. Belinda did not hear her. So she, she goes over, she goes over, she finally is like, she walks out from around the corner, gets up next to her. Belinda was an older woman who was hard of hearing. Yeah. She might have even had hearing aids in. She got it behind her. She goes, Belinda? fucking <laughs> like, no, no, this is not here. So finally, she like grabs her arm and she's like, oh, shit, what the fuck? <laughs> and fucking Belinda comes over. She leaves her station after helping the person that she's helping, which takes another three minutes, and she starts trying to log in, and she cannot. She cannot log in for the life of her. She doesn't know it. So they're like, ah, oh, fuck, we gotta call somebody over. <laughs> so God. they get somebody on the intercom, and they're like, we need your help. <laughs> and Yuri and I are just like, we'll leave. We'll just fucking leave. We'll go. They're like, no, 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 we, we got it. We got this. We got it this time. They, they call this they call this woman and she's wearing an orange vest and they call her they must have called her from like somewhere else in the store and we could see her walking and we're like please for the love of god please for the love of god please for the love of god <laughs> and she gets like halfway to us and somebody intercepts her and i'm like no no <laughs> this it's, is how you become a walmart employee is they they they, they trap, trap you, you in there they in a fucking loop. trap yeah. you in there until you have to start earning an income to feed yourself yeah <laughs> This, this woman comes over and she pulls out a stack, I shit you not, like this thick of pamphlets. Okay. And she's like, Blinches, yeah. She's like, it's got to be in here somewhere. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> she starts leaping through these pamphlets to find the pamphlet with the, with the North Carolina State Lottery login information to log into this computer. And she cannot find it. And she finally selects three pamphlets. And she's like, Belinda? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just like, she's like, can you, Belinda? <laughs> like, just get her, just fucking yell her name, for the love of God. And she, she, she goes through three, she tries three passwords, and we're like, never mind. Please, for the love of God, it's been 30 minutes. We can't take this anymore. We've been at this counter for 30 minutes. Thank you for helping us. We are going to leave now. So we get it. We drive across the street to the Kmart. I walk up to a very nice Eastern European kid who is there for the summer working. And I was like, 
dude, I need to scan this ticket. And he was like, yeah, all right. He grabs it, goes, boop. And he's like, here's $100. And I was like, ah. Imagine going... Imagine going to a Walmart to get a lottery ticket done. This message written by the Kmart gang. <laughs> uh, you know what's probably even worse is there was someone behind you the whole time. I know, dude. Who was like, first, this woman shows up with her 100 groceries. <laughs> I just need a skinny cigarette box. <laughs> I think, like, I think, Jace, you you entered a, uh, like, I think the seventh circle of hell where it is a swirling purgatory um, and you were almost stuck in a loop, and it was uh, only by the grace of your wiles that you got out of there. Yeah, and then you you entered just you escaped thanks to this this angel in this, Kmart, this Eastern European who gave angel. hundred dollars <laughs> there on summer break to work in this fucking beach town. Oh, uh, where, so this is in North Carolina in a beach town. Yeah, so pre, I think, but pre-COVID, yes. Okay. So this is that is a circle of how we've located in the United States. Um, I, I'm going to need you to mark that. We'll do. Um, I'll send it out. I think, to our the center is like, I think the center is Myrtle Beach. And then like the closer you get to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> deeper, it's in deeper. the temporal zone. It's like it's in the twilight zone. Well, I'm glad you got out of there, Jace. Um, I, I have this like distinct memory of going to a Walmart in Alaska. This he guy with a giant 44 Magnum on his hip walking in front of me. And the very kind greeters, who at most Walmart, you're thinking like, okay, what's this person doing? Like, what, what, what is their actual job here? The, the person like confronted the dude with the 44 Magnum and said, you can't come in here. And like, stop oh. coming in. Yeah. Hmm. So damn, you have to like, in Alaska, you gotta be trained. You have to, yeah, with open carry states. All right. Well, we had a lot of fun, guys, catching up and all and sharing our stories. But I think we've got a job to do here, folks. That job uh, is is taking this this fella to court. And and our plaintiff is Matthew McConaughey's, Matthew McConaughey's career. And uh, in order to process this case, we got to look at the last bit of evidence. And that's going to be the Lincoln lawyer. Mm-hmm. Did you have that um, prepped? That let's good. go. No, it was off the, it was off the dome, baby. <laughs> We got to, you know, we got to get through this movie. Send off McConaughey in a way that he deserves. Mm -hmm. um, Because this is, like we said, this is our last episode, folks. Um, Is this my week to do synopsis? I believe, Jason, I think you got it. You got it last last week. Yeah. All right. This is my ball, as they say in sports. Well, guys, I'll break down Lincoln Lawyer. I'll be full disclosure. (laughs) I, I finished Lincoln Lawyer like an hour ago. So this is extremely fresh in my mind, not even digested yet. This is this has just been chewed. Um, so Lincoln Lawyer is um, is, I guess, a movie uh, technically <laughs> and about a, a movie and a- <laughs> let's let's do this article. Let's do this whole review like a uh, high school essay. Oh, oh, high school essay style. OK, bunch of plagiarism. I'm going to open up Reddit. I really liked, oh, <laughs> I really liked this movie. I really liked this movie because it was good. I thought it was good because it had good acting. I really liked this movie. Sally. And Lincoln Lawyer is a movie with Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey plays a lawyer in California. The city they are in in California is. <laughs> I've read some of my book reports when, when I was 17. 
So almost a grown man. And I read it and I was like, did someone hit me in the head with a brick or something when I wrote this? <laughs> like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Even things like uh, I've written in the last like year, like if a draft is over a year old, I just hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like I could peer into my dumb mind. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll feel that way in, in the future, too. Like looking at I, I won't, shit I write. I won't now. read my own book that's six own- months old. Your own horse critic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Lincoln lawyer is, of course, a movie star and our boy Matthew McConaughey. Uh, this is the beginning of the McConaissance, as we said, 2011. Um, we're taken off. He had he had gotten done with his two year hiatus after Ghost of Girlfriends passed in 2009, and he's starting off in some serious, hard hitting, dramatic roles. So now Matthew McConaughey plays a uh, a lawyer who's kind of crooked plays this guy named mick haller haller mick mick haller um he's operating outside of his lincoln continental does business in this car hence the name lincoln i didn't actually realize he was doing lincoln commercials because of this movie i just never connected those two dots um but yeah he helps uh crooked street criminals um you know he's a defense lawyer um until one day he gets a case like no other um he gets approached by uh mr roulette roulette louis roulette um, played by a certain Ryan Philippe, who fills kind of the same role as like uh, Josh Harnett and uh, not Josh Harnett, fucking Josh Hutcherson. Douchebag. Yeah, like Ed, Taron Edgerton, just generic, like same exact mold. Like, uh, so y- if you get the picture of this guy, um, he plays kind of like your typical rich white douchebag um, who's accused of a really brutal crime. Um, and then, uh, you know, he says he's innocent. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is on the case, and in a series of twists and turns, uh, Matthew McConaughey realizes uh, this guy is tied to a case that he couldn't just get over. Um, this is an old case that he had where uh, there was, he defended a guy who was innocent, who was tied to a murder. This guy got put away uh, for life, couldn't get him out. Um, and he's starting to realize as this plot kind of unfolds that this rich douchebag that he's assigned to defend is actually guilty of a series of heinous crimes. He's been framing other people to take the fall for these crimes, innocent people. Um, and now Matthew McConaughey is stuck because, and now look, Ryan, you're probably going to have to fill in a little bit here, but he's a, he's a defense lawyer and he can't go tattling, right? Because of confidentiality laws, I suppose. Um, so he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, so he's going to use his weird, wily, crooked ways to wiggle himself out of this situation um, get the right people behind bars um, and drive off into the sunset in a sick Lincoln Continental. Um, this movie had a lot of punchy, quick you know, twists and turns in it. It was kind of hard to follow sometimes. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that with for my synopsis. We can kind of dissect more of it as we move forward. But I think that just about sums it up. What do you think? Yeah. I yeah, agree man, with that. that was great. Kyo. Got an, we got an all-star cast in here. Yeah, power pack. I think some... Returning well members from the from the McConaughey verse. Mm-hmm. You got a certain William H Macy from Sahara. Um, that, well, we can we can we can get into that later. Uh, Jace, you texted me about a uh, a certain certain shared universe theory that you had here. Yeah, it's pretty cool that Aunt May was boning Matthew McConaughey in California <laughs> before she moved back to New York. <laughs> that was your shared universe. <laughs> What? What I you... thought you were going to go in a totally different direction. I thought, yeah. And then 
he's Uncle Ben. I think McConaughey and Lincoln Lawyer is Uncle Ben because he eventually gets gets shot from all of his sketchy could've, dealings. Could have been. This is 2011, so Peter Parker would have. I think it was a fling. Well, not really a fling. You know, you have to stretch it here a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, Parker would have been pretty young at that time, so he would have been like three years old, I think, when he was at that wrestling match and let uh, let Uncle Ben get shot. Mm. Um, for this to all line up, not Ooh. a bad theory though. Shit, uh, Jace. I was I was going to take a different um, like, okay, so I thought this movie was kind of part of the drive averse because, you know, this is this is a parallel movie. Okay, drive, which I think we've all three of us have seen at this point now, Mm -hmm. um, came out in 2011, got Brian Cranston playing kind of the old sleazebag in drive. You've got Cliff Martinez, who did the soundtrack for both fucking movies brilliant soundtrack and drive pretty good one in this one i thought um pretty great um and then you also have a night call famous yeah. song from the intro to drive yeah. showing up in this nightclub you know thing in here so i think and it also it stars two really interesting smooth talking characters who, who spend all their time driving around in la at night with their cars at what point in your weaving weaving of this web of this yes. multi-universe theory did you fucking think that i would think that <laughs> i thought you you saw brian cranston and then you saw uh you know the night call song in there and they're both driving i'm like oh yeah jace is on the no, same i saw hot aunt may <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so glad you, you took a different direction then um and of course, you got William H. Macy from Sahara, um, kind of a flipped role there. He's working for Matthew McConaughey. Um, he's the private investigator who eventually, unfortunately, meets his demise. I thought he played a pretty fun role. I would agree with that. I, I really like their, uh, I really like the relationship. Yeah. And I should um, probably clarify that is Marisa Tomei, Aunt May. Marisa Tomei. Um, I first knew about her from the Seinfeld episode where I do you remember that where George oh, yeah. was gonna yeah. <laughs> I can like, Marissa Okay, yeah. No, she's but a great actor. Another lawyer movie. We could do that for a lawyer season, Ryan. Big old courtroom oh, drama God. season. <laughs> Moving into the courtroom. Um, I actually really like Marissa Tomei in this movie. I thought she had great chemistry. Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Um, they played a believable couple who has, you know, a great attraction between them, but there's irreconcilable differences that can- that keeps them from getting together. Um, I actually really believe that throughout the movie. And I think both of them are such natural actors that it really worked. Um, one thing about the intro to her character I do want to talk about was Ryan always brings up uh, the fact that Matthew McConaughey talks way too fucking close to the female characters oh when he first gosh. meets them. Yeah, Did you get that? Right? That's in my notes. <laughs> yeah. He like comes up behind her and is like talking to her. He's like, Hey, has, you know, and I'm like, Oh, please know this character or already be in a relationship for the love of God. <laughs> And then it's like, he's like, okay, I'll pick up the kid at seven or whatever. But I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That was still a little weird, but like now it's not like <laughs> something you'd have to report to HR, um, which seems like literally every action McConaughey does with a female character in his movies. Do you guys know, uh, you guys see that little Amazon tidbit about how Matthew McConaughey was cast for this movie? No. Oh. Apparently the director saw his performance in Tropic Thunder. Oh. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's so too. Like... <laughs> He was just literally like the casting director, right? Yeah, he just, he, well, he was, no, he was the Mesos agent. Okay, you're right, yeah. He saw that and was like, yeah, I got a courtroom drama for this guy. 
Well, right. I mean, that's the kind of one thing. He was a zealous advocate. You know, he was fighting mm-hmm. for Ben Stiller. So I see Point. the connection. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. No, that's, that's fair enough. I really, uh, you had mentioned earlier, I really liked the relationship with the driver. You know, that's specifically Earl. that Earl, specifically mm-hmm. the scene where Earl's like, you know, I was thinking that when you got your license back, I could keep being your driver. And mm-hmm. MM's like, I got my license back three months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just and they uh, both kind of share a smile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> we get halfway through the movie. And I'm watching with Yuri. <laughs> and she says, it's pretty cool that he has a driver. I'm like, Yuri, that's because he lost his license because mm-hmm. he's a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he got too many DUIs. And she was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he did like four DUIs in that movie. <laughs> that's actually pretty, uh, yeah, that's pretty common. The common amongst lawyers, they, <clears throat> they get arrested for drunk driving. Oh, all the time. Well, sometimes there's a bit of a rapport between the legal profession and the law enforcement profession. So hmm. I don't know if I think back in the day you could when you get pulled over, you could be like, oh, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and uh, the cop be like, oh, I get it. Cool. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, but now my my work told me, like, if you ever say that to a police officer, we will fire you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that's that's interesting though. Um going off of that, like I think this is one of Matthew McConaughey's sleaziest roles. Um, but I think he played it in a way that was interesting. Like his interactions with other people, with Earl, um, you know, with his partner William H. Macy, even with Marissa Tomei's character, I thought it was fun to watch. You know, watching him play these people, but also building a rapport with them. Um, I thought it was kind of cool and it was kind of charming to see him in that space. Yeah, yeah I had... that's interesting. I don't think I disagree. You don't like because you you probably have a different perspective than I do. Yeah, I disagree. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, for me, the only sleazy parts about what he did was like a few things that were kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, to his clients sometimes. Hmm. Um, holding over your client just to spite them and get like get <laughs> money from the biker gang. That is yeah. sleazy. Right. But to me, that's kind of about it. Like, that's a pretty I like that. I was actually going to ask you about that, Ryan, because he M.M. is a little bit to me. Denali, he's a little bit on the sleazy side, mm-hmm. but he's playing. He's really playing the game. And I think like how it was meant to be. And I think he he, he himself as a character has said some things that, Ryan, you've communicated to us in the past. Um is that there's a precedent and there are rules. And he gets into that interaction with the detective and they're like, they're like, well, yeah, you let that guy who decapitated his, uh, who decapitated his wife go free, even though he like killed the, uh, and then Matthew McConaughey's like, he, you tried to get him on killing three additional people instead of just her, which is not how the law works. And he, there was, um, it was weird to me because multiple times in the movie, he talks about like, it seems he's talking about the moral boundaries of good, evil, whether or not somebody's innocent, uh, whether or not they're not innocent. And I was wondering how you felt about that because I like the money scenes. I like the interaction with the bikers because 
That's a, a motley crew of people who's obviously doing a lot of illegal things. And he has a weird partnership with them, a kind of symbiotic relationship where, you know, he's I think he has a moral line somewhere. You don't know where it is. It's kind of a gray space, obviously, with the thing that happened to whoever his defendant. Is that the right word? The, the defendant in that case His client, but his client. Defendant, yeah. yeah. What happened to his client was like obviously fucked up. And once he started to realize that, he was like, I don't want to be in this case. But with a guy who's like growing weed on a farm somewhere, he's like, yeah, give me 5,000 bucks. I'll take care of that one. Um, I, I understand your question. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> the, okay, how about this? I'll, I'll say last night after we watched this movie together, let's be real. I talk about my job and about law school for the three years I was in it and about the bar exam with my wife all the time. Like it just, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of a daily conversation. And so she knows, you know, a bit more than someone who's not married to, to someone like me would know. But after the movie, we still had an hour long conversation about like legal ethics mm-hmm. and how the system works. So I think that's a very kind of fair question. Um, and for that reason, I, I don't view Matthew McConaughey as that sleazy. The sleazy things I see in him are the movie things, right? Like, yeah, bribing the court officer to move your guy up a, up in the docket. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, that's, that was pretty funny. Um, then the biker scene was amazing. Hiring a biker um, gang to beat the shit out of this dude. Yeah, I think those are sleazy things, man. I don't know. Like, I don't think no, you can say like, right, well, we'll just separate those. That he's a good guy. No, so, but but that's movie stuff. Like some I mean, people watching a movie though, right? I mean, exactly. That's literally my point. Like that's okay. Yeah. He's, he's a character move stuff. Stuff's okay. But like a lot of people watching this movie, I would say one half of the political spectrum watching this huh. movie would think this guy's fucked up. He defends people who are guilty. Okay, so that that aspect you're saying is, is not sleazy because it's just part of his job, right? Like yeah. that's it's part of his. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean that, so that, that that's people yeah. who or say so when you say like Matthew McConaughey was really sleazy, I'm like what? Like oh, I wasn't talking about. There his, are millions of yeah. people who are doing this job who are like literally upholding the justice system in America because of it. See mm-hmm. what you're saying? No, I I definitely agree with you, Ryan. Like, I don't think being a defense attorney is sleazy. Uh, you know, and when I just said that, I was just talking about the illegal shit he was doing. You know, right. the obvious shit. I think I think we're in agreement there. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like he he is doing a job, and I think they did a good job at showing that push and pull, like you said, with the cop, right? Like people pointed him and being like, "What the fuck?" And same thing with Marissa Tomei. You know, she's yeah. a prosecutor. There, she's like, "You're putting you know bad people on the streets," and he's like, "Well, I, I'm doing one half of the justice system." I think that was an interesting thing they had in the movie. And it's totally right. Like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if we should have a big, long conversation about this, but sure, sure. this is literally one of the things that infuriates me more than anything else. This is probably mm-hmm. my strongest held belief. I'm not. Oh, Lay it on us. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not really going to. Okay. 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 All right, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. But like, I'm really not that politically active. I'm not, you know, I don't adhere to one sort of ideology all that strongly. Um, But this is something that people just don't understand. And I've even had it said to my face, like, how could you possibly think that? Um, But a lot of people don't understand 
that the justice system here is in America. When I say here, justice system in America is built this way. It's literally founded on a set of rules mm. and the rules take into account the fact that every single person who is accused gets the best, most fervent defender that they can get. That's part of the rules. Mm. If you don't have that, then we're playing a different game because the goal in America is not a truth seeking goal. We don't have a truth-seeking goal. We have a legal determination goal. In America, it's not, you don't go to court in order to uncover the truth. We go to court in order to decide whether someone is guilty or not guilty. And it's important that we use those words and not the word innocent and guilty. Because mm. innocent and guilty are not opposite ends of the spectrum in the American legal system. Innocent, in my opinion, and this is where some people may say, no, that's the same as not guilty. Innocent, in my opinion, means that you did nothing wrong. But that's not what not guilty or guilty mean. You can be innocent and you can be guilty. Mm -hmm. You can be innocent and you can be not guilty. In fact, the sad part is, is that you, know, you can be not innocent and you can be not guilty. And you can be not innocent and you can be guilty. There's all four options. Um, really, we're trying, we're trying to make the innocent people not guilty. Mm. But innocent is not a determination. We never determine whether someone is innocent or found innocent. Okay, that's, that's not what the American justice system does. We don't seek truth and we don't seek innocence. Um, the switch goes back between guilty and non-guilty. And part of that, part of those rules is the idea like, okay, if we're going to have that system, then there's two sides. There's the prosecutor who's going to try to prove the crime. And there's the defense who's going to try and poke holes in their theory. That's, I mean, that's the rules. And for you to say like, how dare you defend him? Like, that is literally the rule. <laughs> Your problem is not with me. Your problem is with the system, you think we should have a truth determining system. We don't have a truth determining system. So it's a bit like saying, okay, how dare, how dare you play basketball with me while you have, while I have a goal. Like, right. I want to play basketball with you when I'm the only one with a goal and you're only allowed to play defense and you're not ever allowed to score and you're never allowed to touch the ball, you're never allowed to dribble and, or, or we could play with a baseball instead. Or we could um, just, uh, you're not allowed to dribble. And so, so they have a problem with the rules of the game. They don't have, like, you should not have a problem with the people on the other team. Like, the defense attorneys aren't writing the rules. They're, and that's the thing that made me so angry when the, well, ang angry and then vindicated by Matthew McConaughey's line, his response. But when the detective comes up to Matthew McConaughey and says, like, you, you're a scum, you, you know, you let guilty people go free. Um, yeah, idiot. That's what the whole, like, <laughs> if, if I wasn't here, what the heck do we need you for? Your job is to go gather evidence, right? Well, if there's no goalie, then why the heck do we need you? 
Like, why don't we just let the police arrest whoever they want and throw them My neighbor there? Sarah killed her husband. Well, great. He's alive. The investigation. She over. killed him. Yeah, if there's I no defense it. attorney, if there's no defense attorney, there's no need for detectives to go and gather evidence. We just have an inquisition. We just grab whoever we want. Judge Dredd, baby. That's got to be frustrating. Someone, as someone who knows so much, I've you know, spent years studying the field and have someone to come up to you and be like, well, I've seen a couple of movies and you're more, not only do I disagree, I think you're in the moral low ground here, you know. And let's that, be clear. I'm not my noodle I'm, just hearing. And let's be clear. Yeah. I'm not a criminal defense attorney. Yeah. I think to sum it up, you know, is uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, baby. No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did Allie? Ryan, I love that because I was, I literally, I actually, this time wrote down notes and I wanted to know how, what you thought because there's moral ambiguity, you know, in the decisions that are made and like what's the pointer of what's too good and what's, or what's good, what's okay, what's bad. And that's really decided by society, right? Based on what our morals are at the time um yes yeah so i would say i would disagree with that a little bit because okay. that's maybe um Sometimes. as of the 90s and 80s yeah. yeah um before that it was dictated by the opinions of rich white men mm. Mm. classic classic rich white men <laughs> right but yeah for real yeah uh, oh, yeah for sure yeah and then we decided it'd be nice to let women actually practice the you know, field of law so jesus christ this is a lot dirtier than we thought it was boys so my next question is for denali denali would you yes. consider the lincoln lawyer dad core oh oh that's a good that's a good yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay finally something in my realm brian thank you for first of all i'm glad you're on the podcast for this reason you you bring a great perspective that me and jace don't have here uh, but now it's time for me to take the wheel here for my area of expertise um that's an interesting question jace I think it rubs in the direction of Dadcore. You got a lot of classic songs in there. You got Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. Um, you got a lot of great little soul tracks. It has, I think, classic rock needs to be in there as kind of like the main staple of the soundtrack for it to be Dadcore, I think. So we're not we're not talking Sahara. Um, you don't get you don't have enough of like old guy kicking young people's asses, I think, either. Um, and I think it's a little too cerebral. I can't see a dad, you know, slamming down a couple brewskis and turning on the Lincoln lawyer for like a good you know, like an easy Sunday evening. Hmm. I think Lincoln Lawyer is going to be a headier watch. So I think this is outside of the realm of dad core, actually. Okay. Um, however, I do think certain dads might enjoy this. You want to know the most, you want to know the most unrealistic thing about this movie? Yeah. The CCTV footage. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little weird, too. It was like, First, it was really clear, like great, great fucking quality. <laughs> yeah, and they had like inserts, and there was like editing. Yeah, <laughs> he like got on a CD CCTV and enhanced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and there's like, a camera that's just trained on like one person's drink in the bar, conveniently where the prostitute slips her note. Yeah, I didn't you know, know you can add pixels to a video feed. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities because there are places that are so high profile that they do have actual well-made security. But I think we are inundated in TV and in the news with places that just bought a CCTV and, and a <laughs> camera because they were like, oh, shit, it'll deter some theft. 
imagine when this you... medium. Hmm. So, uh, technical. Imagine this medium right now, us recording this podcast. Three hours of footage is somewhere along the lines between five and ten gigabytes. So if one one place like what they had has anywhere between a 720 and a 1080p camera, which you're going to need to discern fine detail inside with shitty light, you're talking about needing a server that's multiple terabytes and it's being written and reduced and trashed and rewritten daily. Yeah, (laughs) not weekly. So, yeah, most people don't have that uh, the ability for that. Brian, are you telling me that scene at NCIS where they zoom in on a reflection in a guy's eyeball and then see a reflection in a pond, which is the reverse of a license plate, was not realistic? Oh, that's real. No, they that's had a really good thing. camera. <laughs> it's NCIS. They have better technology. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught this in, like, so remember in Sahara? stupid? I don't know if you smooth braids caught this really complex scene, but there's this scene in Sahara where... um where uh, Steve Zahn's character, where he's like, oh, I got the tab after McConaughey runs. They did the same joke to William H. Macy yeah. in this movie, and he was also in Sahara, where McConaughey dashes, and he's like, oh, I got the tab. Don't worry about it. And he's like talking to himself. I just thought that was like, ah, it's a Sahara joke. Someone's been on that IMDb trivia page. No, I legitimately remember that. <laughs> Sahara's too fresh in my mind, and I, I don't like it. Um, I also... If I could talk a little bit about Michael Pena's performance in this movie, he plays um, Mr. Martinez, who is uh, Matthew McConaughey's former client, um, who was actually innocent. He was accused of just really, you know, horrible crime. Um, it was being framed for it. And his flashback scene, where he was ta- where he was like, "I don't want to go to jail, man." Like he was being really, um, you know, really dramatic. I thought that was a brilliant scene, man. Like really showed his chops there. One critique of this movie is I wish they would have wrapped up his story a little better. Um, I think they give you a lot of like emotional attachment to him because of that scene. I want I wanted a little bit of resolution there. I think maybe at least seeing him walk out of jail, just have like a throwaway scene or something like that, or having him hug his family or some shit. Um, I, I was kind of missing that a little bit because um, all you get is just a phone. Mm-hmm. Like Matthew McConaughey is like, oh yeah, I think his driver tells him he's like he's free, and he's like cool, and then that that's it. I just want a little more payoff. Yeah, that's a good point. There was there was a scene I really liked where where I saw McConaughey angry. I don't I don't think I see him angry in like a threatening way normally in movies Um, because there was a scene where his his guilty defendant the one who's like kind of orchestrating all this fucked up shit you know he's like lying about this knife as an evidence and McConaughey goes right up to him and he's just like why'd you lie about the knife you know and and then there's another scene where they're confronting each other and they're threatening each other and I thought that was that was really fun for me to watch to see McConaughey in that space as someone who's totally confident in his element um, but could be totally serious and intimidating. Um, I think he plays that pretty well, and that gave me a little shade of uh, Denton yeah. Van Zandt yeah. from, uh, yeah. <laughs> from Rain of Fire. That's what I was thinking is, uh, he when he hits that note, he can really do it. And, and The Gentleman, too. Remember with the whole yeah. Lions, the King of the Jungle thing? So was good. I like him as a villain, or as at least a like criminal badass, I think more than I like his straight-laced, I'm from New York, and I work at some sort of business firm characters yeah. i think so too and where was that in dark tower man where was that <laughs> yeah charm like and an energy. evil god like, yeah <laughs> could have played that so much better yeah he's... <laughs> and he's flicking yeah he's like flicking boogers or some shit like at <laughs> the camera like <laughs> kind of gross oh, i guess yeah. matt we hired you to do this job 
but don't do it like you did it before. Um, actually, do it this very specific way. Um, shit. Uh, actually, okay, don't do what you did before at all. <laughs> I would love um, McConaughey just to go back in and just redo. If they can just do a remake Dark Tower and just just fucking hire him again as Randall Flagg, because I know we can give him a second shot and, and do it again right. Um, just like how they, they rehired J. Jonah Jameson, um, you know, that, that same actor in the new Spider-Man movie. Like, I feel like he can really embody Randall Flagg, but he just did not get the space to play. Mm-hmm. This ain't the Dark Tower podcast. We've gotten that out of our system, guys. We've done two whole episodes worth of content for Dark Tower. Um, do you guys have any other uh, things you want to point out about this movie, or should we move into our, our reviews to get things rolling? The hospital, not a morgue line, was hilarious. Uh, everyone's oh, gonna pick yeah, up that but the biker gang the starts biker, beating yeah. the shit out of the guy i liked that payoff because you fucking hate that rich douchebag by the end because he's he's done some really like horrible shit you know killed william h macy's character and then you see mcconaughey sitting there like a badass you know with a gun in front of his family's house yeah. he's like this is your one shot to turn around and then the biker gang rolls up you know the payoff and then they just beat the shit out of with bats um you know a little bit of street justice i think that isn't enough to deal with that kind of shit. Maybe, oh, no. maybe his I mom like being dead. Guy. I don't. Oh. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, love love seeing the bad guy get the shit beat out of him. Um, was okay. That was like a weird turn, right? Because like that that rich douchebag's mom shows up at McConaughey's house, right? Mm-hmm. And she reveals in one one seriously one line, she's like, "It was me, I did it." And he shoots I her. Killed Frank. Yeah. yeah. It like nothing else like, and it was really weirdly written. It almost sounded like it was dubbed over. She's like, "It was me. I committed the murder that you have been investigating during this movie. Remember, like twenty minutes ago, when you didn't know who had killed your friend, and you thought actually that it was the other person." But yeah, well, and actually, the things that you had had already investigated that didn't quite make sense. It, it makes sense now because I'm actually not that person. Remember how you thought like that they couldn't have done it because they had like a you know tracer thing on their ankle? Well. It's actually me. So all those things that actually aren't like plot holes, you never have to figure that out. It because it was me the whole time. They weren't. And then he shoots her. And while she's she shoots him, that, he's like, "Why is she? Go- is she? Is she having a stroke? She's, she's saying this really long sentence. Why you're explaining this right now? You know that I'm like about to shoot you. This I thought the way this movie unfolded, and we can kind of get into it once we get into our reviews, was was kind of fun. Like, I thought when they revealed certain things, it was like, oh, fuck. It kept me on, on the edge the whole time. I liked the movie. I, I mean, yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm staying a little quiet because I think I want to talk about it in my review. Okay, yeah, I liked yeah. The movie. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It was, it was a good movie. Ryan? Well, oh, what? I, well, I have two questions. And maybe one can segue into Ryan's review. The first question is, if I am defending someone and they literally told me they killed someone three years ago, yeah. Am I literally not allowed to tell anybody? <laughs> Am I literally under co- under the confidentiality? I can't be like, guys, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and that's the whole point. That's yeah. exactly what I was talking about. And that's on purpose. That's by design. In fact, that's that's actually something that we encourage. We would encourage defendants to say things to their attorneys that's the reason that the rule exists mm-hmm. the rule exists isn't just to hamstring attorneys the rule exists so that defendants will fully disclose all the legal intricacies of their lives 
and the attorney will be able to therefore defend them better. That's Fair enough. The, yeah. the reason there's the okay. And then you have question, to go Jace. through yeah. some <laughs> weird, intricate plot series of setting up someone on the jury or a, a witness that wasn't a part of it that viewed something. So that two of the detectives that were in the room were like, oh, my God, he gave us the breadcrumb. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Matthew Kane sold. He's like, what? Who is this man? How did you find him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was actually really clever it was pretty funny. really I liked really it. clever okay i'm glad um, you thought so right yeah i was wondering how you th felt about that that play at the end yeah it's totally illegal let's not mm -hmm. let's get that yeah, yeah okay yeah 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 <laughs> he, he did de technically violate yeah the rules but that doesn't surprise me yeah that, that's not the point the point is that he was able to do it yeah in a way that would not lead to him being found out mm. that's and the judge the real, yeah, that's the real part. Yeah. The judge oh, roasted don't that guy. Sorry, on this freaking judge. I don't like this judge. <laughs> a scene though was pretty funny. He's like, "Fuck you! This is my courtroom. I can't believe you brought that shit in here." And it's like, oh, oh, "Sorry, Dad." Oh, yeah, that was a funny scene. Actually, I thought it was funny. Yeah, guys, take the jury to lunch. I'm going to go spank the prosecutor in my office <laughs> for what he just did. <laughs> I like how. But during up until then, the judge was the coolest judge I've ever seen. Like really? he was just like, "Yeah, whatever, that's fine, overruled." <laughs> Sustained. No. Have you ever seen a judge like in a courtroom? They're the ones in charge. Like they're literally in charge. Like they will, they mandate everything. They're like a surgeon in an OR. They are in control of everything. They you you legally have to listen to them. So they and they know that. Yeah, they, they make yeah. you go and do whatever you like, do whatever they want. It's not like the judge is sitting back in a chair like that, barely paying attention and just kind of letting the jury <laughs> hear these lawyers ramble on. Um, it seemed like he was interested, like it was a, a story unfolding. He's like, oh, shit, like, oh. sustained. <laughs> let me hear the rest of this. <laughs> Can we expand the driver verse? We we have, you know, we've got a movie about a getaway Wait. driver. Brian, yeah. Brian Cranston, is that what we're talking about? I have a... Yeah, Jace, go ahead. Uh, one, we did not watch Drive, correct? I am... Yes, I'm 99 And we have sure. not discussed it on the podcast, which means we are now creating the universe at this moment in time as... Or previously today, and our <laughs> listeners are going to be very confused. Well, I mentioned the drive averse beginning of the podcast yeah right? that's what i mean yeah okay. so can this we is expand? a new band this is a new thing can we that's right so yeah this is not a a, a continuation <laughs> this of, isn't a uh, bit <laughs> yeah can we can we expand this so like you know you've got you've got drive featuring ryan gosling where he's a cool guy driving around la um and he's a getaway driver mm -hmm. and now you've got matthew mcconaughey he's a cool guy driving his lincoln continental doing lawyer shit and um, next I we could, have Herbie fully loaded. Her, Lindsay Lohan driving a BW bug. And she's racing. I don't really remember the movie. Are you racing? You like oh, yeah, solving murders? Her, 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 yeah. The Is there a murder in Herbie? Okay. So it does talk though. Yeah, in someone this viciously took out someone's carburetor. No! It's oh, a car murder. <laughs> Herbie's like, it was my brother. I'll kill the car who killed him. All the cars. I'm, oh, sorry to have interrupted. Owen Wilson. Now I want 
this drive universe because I want to see the same scenes played out in drive, but Matthew McConaughey hammered behind the wheel <laughs> with the really shaky cam. So it's like all the scenes where he's driving. Really he's like, man. <laughs> There was a lot of Matthew McConaughey drunk driving in this movie. A lot of him slamming brews, and he's just like, I'm thinking about the case now. I'm just like <laughs> slobbering all over the wheel. <laughs> I made it home. Like, yeah. I was just expecting the pan out, like in Wolf of Wall Street, where there's like a tree stuck in the grill and like the wheels are gone. <laughs> like, I feel like the accountant was, was almost in the driververse because, you know, you're taking like a field and making it cool, right? You kind of, and he's like moonlighting as part of the mob. This this lawyer, it's a boring ass. Sorry, Ryan. It's a, it's it's a boring field for some people because it's like very clerical. Um, but then you're kind of twisting it because he's kind of doing legal shit with it. So is can we take another maybe boring job and t- kind of twist it a little bit and make it cool? And he's driving around in a cool car. Oh, that's actually a really fun idea. Hmm. Farming, farmer. So he's driving a tractor around L.A., just running over people in the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my last ear of corn. Monsanto. Oh, so you're doing night call with like a like a banjo or something? Yeah, banjo. We do like what's a, like a racquetball player? Or what's a boring? <laughs> I'm sure those are lit, dude. See, racquetball being a pro racquetball player sounds sick. What's the most boring job you guys can think of, just off the cuff right now? Um. Insurance salesman. Accountant. I, I don't know. Accountant seems pretty fucking boring. Like, seems pretty damn boring. Walmart greeter. There we go. That does not sound boring, actually. You mean a lot of interesting people. We've already people. talked about yeah. for Magnum. We talked about, yeah. I think maybe like an engineer would, would fill that. I think people see that as maybe not like the most exciting job. Like people, maybe someone who is an engineer could do something like maybe he's like, I make robot arms for the mob, you know, or I make, I don't know. That just sounds really <laughs> exciting. Dude. Yeah, that'd be sounds cool. cool, right? Is this, wait, hang on, is this paycheck? No, it's not paycheck. Putting numbers what on someone. A... What about night janitor? Oh, so yeah. someone who is a janitor, but he cleans up crime scenes. Oh, dude. Right? That's and they drive him out. Really, that's really good. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good movie. That's we're talking about a movie. Really we're not just talking about boring jobs. I'm so confused. Well, okay. No, Jay, so like we're taking a boring job uh-huh. and, and making and a... turning it into someone drives around LA in a cool car and it's a sightings for some reason. Oh. And they um, call me Mr. Clean. And then, you know, he like shows up and the guy then, who, you know, cleans up the crime scene, runs a cemetery and, and then yeah, fills the cemetery with bodies for people so he has an that's empty a cemetery cool. he's got that's pretty yeah cool, though know. like that's actually yeah. that's actually awesome but like, like a normal a, a normal groundskeeper like, cool. for a cemetery is like raking in between graves and like spraying the gravestones and keeping them clean you know and that seems kind of i think that's that's interest that would be like a cocktail yeah. part like you know you'd be like oh that's so cool you know you would ask questions about that but if yeah. someone says like i'm an accountant that conversation's dead in the water <laughs> big old dookie you can't continue like, oh, that's so it. Like, what do you fucking count? Beans? Like, I don't know. Like, that's not. <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> what do you do? I polish tombstones. You know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you seen any good tombstones? Proceed. Yeah, proceed. <laughs> this checks out of an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um. Oh, huh. this is actually. I have an idea. Yeah. 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 Um. When we had our dog flown out here, 
to Rochester. He was the flight was in, in late, and we had to go in the middle of the night to the cargo receiving area. And we walked in there, and there's one woman working the cargo desk in this like run down building. It's literally like falling apart, and it's the middle of night, uh, creepy as hell. And uh, so we're, we're chatting her up because the dog's flight is late. And eventually I'm just like, okay, what cool stuff like happens around here? I literally asked her, like, do you just sit here all night and, and just hang You asked her years? that? Like, yeah. Or just, or just like something exciting happened. And she's like, we get crazy shit in here all the time. Really? She said, like, last weekend... I had three bodies come through here. Once they had to fly body. Oh yeah, because you got to ship and bodies. I was like, I was like, what? I I had the wrong. I thought somebody like a like a normal person like murdered some murdered three people and put their bodies in a crate and tried to ship them. <laughs> Get them out of here. No, it was people who were shipped across the U.S. for like funerals. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. So that's interesting, like a cargo person. And yeah, and also that's how um, zoos do like their exchange. So like she had penguins in there not too long ago. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, sad for yeah. the penguins, you know, but that's Total interesting. Yeah. yeah Night at the museum, but in a cargo receiving cargo. area at an airport. It has the word car in it, but I don't think it'll fit the drive first. <laughs> Why not? We're getting close. I think we're getting She's, close. She sees evidence. That comes through like yeah. obviously like the mob is shipping something and she sees like a you know like a strand like a scalp like through a zipper or something i guess it's just there's not a lot of driving in the job i guess because she's going to the to, same you have to drive to and from the job i guess well, how much not driving is an accountant like do? true that's true okay wait 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 so there's still you could have pizza delivery driver who delivers pizzas to only mob members that's already and sometimes cool. he delivers it doesn't fit the gun. initial portion of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah pizza delivery drive is pretty cool actually <laughs> he's delivering it for the mob <laughs> well that's the twist that's okay. the twist sometimes if a mob wants to order an illegal pizza like a pizza with with weed on it that's how they transport their it. weed oh, yeah 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 it's it's in the it's in the a non, non-legal state the mushrooms. Is the mob really tied into magic mushroom? I feel like that's not like a mob it, drug. It works like, with the pizza. Yeah. Yes, dude. I mean, you could put like a like a bag of cocaine in the stuffed crust or something. Like, oh, he's like, oh, we got a stuffed crust here. And they're no, like, he oh, cooked right, it into the crust. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> all, all the, the drugs are <laughs> always on the pizza and in the pizza. You gave me $100,000 worth of cocaine, so I, I cooked it in the cheese. <laughs> here you go. Anyways, that wasn't Parmesan? Slice on the way over. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> it's really it off the receipt. My usual rate, please. Uh. All right, let's uh, let's get into our reviews. Um, Ryan, I, I, so I was I'm listening to old episodes. You you have spoken some disdain about going first. Are you? Do you want to go first? I don't want to oh, always uh, put this pressure on you. Am I going first again? You want to go? Are you okay with going first? Yeah. My okay. tradition is to say every single episode, oh, I'm oh, going, going first, first again. Yeah. Oh, that's your bit. That's your, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Ryan, glad it's gone notice. If, 
It's a great bit. The fans love it. They they yeah, quote it at me. Yeah, they think, yeah. oh, this Ryan's a real idiot. <laughs> Forgets <laughs> yeah, those every week. Well, uh, do you want to give us our macomanometer uh, for this movie? Ooh. Yeah. I'm coming out guns a blazing with a 10 for the Matthew McConaughey. Whoa! Yeah, there's nothing bad to be said about the homie. Full volume. You know, he was in the whole movie. Uh, full quality. And uh, he was very mcconaughey like you said like he's bribing people he's smooth talking he's doing all these things he's hitting on the ladies he's talking too closely Mm. (laughs) i think it it was good stuff um i really liked him i was scared of him in some moments and i was like happy for him in other moments where he what turned his badass on and he's like you're in a dangerous place brother and like Said, you know, to the to the yeah. guy when he's in his apartment, like, you're in a you dangerous scared, place. Lewis. That was cool. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. line. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Uh, I I loved it. He needs to be more villains. I think I really think he needs to be more villains. Um, not that he was a villain, but he was kind of an anti-hero. Boop ten. Let's go. All right, ten right out of the gate. Ace, what do you think about uh our boy here? I'm willing to. Cons- Did he say all right in this film? Yeah, he's it was, he said, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. He did the first line out of his mouth was, all right, Earl. Ah, holy shit. Okay, it's a 10. 10? <laughs> yeah. Did you it hit your these? technical criteria, Jace? It hit all of them? It hit every single one of my technical criteria. Um, I liked his hair. I think it fit for the job. Quality, Thanks quantity so. are high. Said all right. I liked the intro. Um, I, I really, the intro scene with the Lincoln and the, the cuts between different where the car is and you can see him working in it, um, gave a lot, his character a lot of, uh, a lot of life. 10. Yeah. Great for this role. Shirtless scene too. Yeah. Shirtless movie? Yeah, it was a sex scene. Oh, it was. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot there was a sex scene. Mm -hmm. Um, completely <laughs> unnecessary was a ne- yeah he, I mean, he played a really good father too like it's like felt like interstellar oh yeah. vibes with his um connection to family and you felt it i feel like you felt the emotions that he was throwing at you i think that was something that was, that was interesting because this is kind of came off as a slice of life um mm. in some ways to me because he went right back to where he was at the beginning at the end of the movie but yeah. Marissa Tomei's character referenced a few times that he's never around. Like she had the line where he said, you don't know what it's like to raise a child alone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe he was, we didn't get the rest of the picture, you know? All right. We got two tens. Um, as far as my review goes though, I thought he was pretty good in this role. Um, however, I think he completely nailed every single criteria. So I'm also going to be giving it a 10, baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. Real trap music. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? I am so psyched about having this be our last movie because I think he really knocked it out of the park. Um, quantity is very high. He's in like every fucking scene. Um, but I was happy for it. He gave a great, he gave a great dynamic performance. It wasn't just him being a smug dickhead the whole time. Um, he was smug, but he was also scary. He was also humorous and he was also charming, but also, you know, maybe kind of a dick. So I think colored this character in such an interesting way. And I think it was such a good casting. They picked him because of whatever energy he was throwing out in Tropic Thunder. 
Um, and I think they captured perfectly. I can't imagine anyone else playing a role like this, um, except McConaughey, someone who's playing, like Ryan said, an anti-hero, uh, but playing it so well where I am completely on his side the whole time. Um, I thought he did a super good job. Um, this this rightfully kicks off his his restart of his career. You know, recasting him as a, a leading man that you want to see in these great dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. So easy ten for me. With that, let's let's kick it off with our uh, with our movie reviews, uh, Ryan. I'm interested in hearing your just your rating, just your rating in general. Like, what what do you think about this movie? I think that it was an above average movie. I like this movie. Um, for me, an average movie is going to be in the five neighborhood. If I, you know, so I'm I'm inclined to go into the seven eight category. I, I I don't know how much I love this movie as a as a movie visually. Sure. There, some editing choices were really nice. I remember one car scene in general where he's speeding home because he's angry. That was edited very nice. Other than that, not too much to go for for me. I think if it was more stylistic and maybe done better in that regard, I could see this bumping up into the really, really, really great favorite movies of mine. Um, some of the legal stuff was, of course, not quite accurate but that's not really the point i'm not watching these movies and being like oh you i uh, can't technically do that uh <laughs> there was a few things where i said out loud like oh you actually can't do that but um it's it, it's not a big deal to me i really liked the movie it was great the characters were really great marissa tomei did a really great job um she was believable and then they were professional to each other in the courtroom and courteous in the hallways like that that's the way it goes um i liked it a lot i think that the the fact that maybe the to kill a mockingbird stuff was a little weird like and out of place the whole left-handed right-handed thing like that didn't make any sense right Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think there was a resolution to that really they never explained it at the end he was purposefully hitting her with his left hand so it looked like he was not the person who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was really a good movie. I'm going to go with an eight in the eight. end. It's a good score. Yeah. The characters, Matthew McConaughey, I think, puts it up to an eight. Um, for being a legal drama, I think it's one of the better legal dramas, as long as you go in with the mindset of it's a movie. So he's going to do funny movie things that don't happen in the real world. If this was a movie that actually happened in the real world it would be called a documentary and it'd be boring as shit and i would give it as one <laughs> you know so yeah great great movie oh and you own it on on dvd which which is yeah wild to, yeah like and you haven't seen it before right right huh. you've just been sitting on this for the right time where you're like i'm gonna that watch happened it before with argo wild Argo, yeah. It was Argo, yeah. Argo. <laughs> you just have these gems that are just waiting to be awakened. It's like, no, well, no, no. Well, people, not, well, not, people, not today. Uh, yeah. people will buy me movies and be like, you might like this. I'm like, I probably will. Not going to watch it. Um, <laughs> I never watch things people recommend, but then yeah. I always, I'm always like, oh, oh shit, not. that was good. Yeah, <laughs> we're right. Uh, cool. Well, that's an eight from Ryan. Ace, what do you think? Mm, man. I watched it today, too, so this is probably going to be a bit rambly. I'm trying to decide if it's at the same like tier as The Gentleman, which I think I gave a nine. Um, it's really good. Uh, you will definitely enjoy watching this movie, I think. Um, 
I've seen thrown out online as far as like describing movies like smart thriller. I was absolutely thrilled with the movie. I don't think it was a smart thriller. I think a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of movies you go in and you can find out and you can kind of think what's going to happen. I think they, uh, where they tried to lead you in some directions, it was pretty obvious, but they gave in some, some plot points that you weren't necessarily totally expecting. So I, in that regard, I think I don't think they were trying too hard to make it a, a smart thriller. So if they had failed that, it would have been like, Ugh. but they weren't trying super hard to it wasn't like Gone Girl where you're in the state of suspense for the first 30 minutes and you're like on exactly one character side. Um, it didn't get to that that depth for me, but I like the production. There was this one. What is it, Ryan? You talk about ellipses cuts is an ellipses cut yeah. and that's when time passes. And so it was not not an ellipses cut, but they had this one shot that I really like, or this one cut that I really liked, where the camera looks down, and it goes from like I think it was the car door you see into the window, and then it like the camera goes down in the next scene, the the cut is like a visual movement. Oh, into yeah. the next uh, in the next scene, I saw so that, that one. Would be a what is it called? Uh, not a slide. God, I know the fucking. Yeah, kind of like yeah, it's like slides yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, upward vertically. Oh man, it's gonna—it's on the tip of my tongue. It's just one of those—it's one of the times where the word escapes you. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I liked a good portion of the camera work and the editing. No, you uh, got to reset the sentence because it's called a wipe. A wipe. Wipe. Okay, there was a wipe cut in there that I really liked, and it stood out to me. This <laughs> but a wipe cut. A wipe, it's... or is it just called a wipe? Do I say wipe cut? Well, actually, I don't know exactly. There's a shortage what... of those. No, it's not start a cut, the pandemic, really, but transition but yeah oh I, okay yeah. well wipes a little bit different than a like a like a okay so a wipe is when the the two frames are actually the same they're not moving and one is revealed over the top of the other one and then you can like actually push the other one out of the frame so they're both moving hmm. they did a really sly thing where it was like transitioning the top of the the top of the frame in the second portion was dark, so they were able to trans take the camera and transverse down over like a dark space, and then make it look like you know the camera's moving down and it's taking you through. Okay, that's news. probably just a really yeah. cool technique then. The well, scene. when they do that with water, it's called a bidet cut too. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, we'll put it in lobster cane. We we'll use a bidet cut. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll coin it. Yeah. Yeah, it can come out of one corner of the screen and go. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll do an arc. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. Um, I was kind of surprised you didn't talk about the camera work because I did end up finding that some people thought it was a bit uh, jarring. The person who directed it did a lot of shaky cam. And uh, I actually liked it. The initial indication to me was like, cool. Because when we f see it, when I first noticed it, Matthew McConaughey was drunk and he was really angry and he was really anxious. And it just really added to the scene to me. I was like, I know what he's feeling right now. There's a sense of like urgency kind of being instilled in the camera where if it was a, if the camera was just placed still, you would have been fully relying on Matthew McConaughey. And I think it, it added something. So solid supporting cast. I think I'm going to match it with the gentleman. Get it a nine. Nice. Nice. That's a great that's score. Surprising. I thought maybe you would go lower than that's, that's really good. That's awesome. Nice man. Yeah. Well, um, 
Yeah, this movie, I definitely I, like like just like Jace, I, I just finished this thing, so I'm still digesting it. I don't have the benefit of a full day to kind of see how much I remember it, how much of an emotional effect it has. So I'm going to go off just kind of a first impression screening. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think I was on my toes the whole time. Um, like what you guys mentioned with the shaky cam, um, I thought it was actually like a tasteful use of it. Um, where it's like the early 2010s shaky cam where th- where it sounds looks like the, the cameraman's like on crack or something where it's like zooming in and out. And it's like, like you know, going all over the place. Um, but it made you feel kind of nervous uh, when McConaughey's going into his, you know, his, into his house and there might be someone in there and the camera's jolting around where it's almost like your eyes are darting, you know, back and forth. Um, I thought it was a really effective use of it. Um, the plot, the way it kind of unfolds was really interesting and exciting. Like, man, that reveal uh, where he's questioning Michael Pena's character and he has the, the you know, the photo slapped against the window. And he's like, was this the yeah. guy? Was this the guy? Yeah. And the camera turns and it's his defendant. And you're like, oh, what? Like, that was that was reveal. crazy. And it tricked. Yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. I that thought it was going to be the Mustang guy. Me too. So uh. And that that was that gave me like chills, man, when I yeah. saw that. It's really rare to have a re- plot reveal through camera movement. Mm. How mm. weird is that? That they reveal a plot point and the twist in the movie through a movement of the camera. Like, that's yeah. really, that was exciting, really unique. Like, to see. And that's something that movies do that other forms of, like, other mediums can't do. Mm. Right? Um, so that's a good that point, was, yeah. It was really, really neat. Normally, it's a, it's a line of dialogue. Uh, like, like we already talked about that. Uh, it was actually I who was the murderer. <laughs> Twas I. <laughs> Where's the mustache? Which wax? is like yeah. the worst form of reveal. <laughs> the, yeah. the on-screen confession. I think this movie had almost every type of reveal. Um, because there was another reveal that I think was also really interesting where he's on the phone, where Matthew McConaughey is on the phone. Um, and then he's talking about William H. Macy, his friend who got shot. He's talking to the investigator and the investigator was like, yeah, it's like this old Colt Woodsman gun. And he just hangs up and he goes over to his desk and flips open where his own gun is You're like, oh, it's his gun. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I think the reveals were super effective in this movie. I don't think anything really fell flat. Soundtrack was banging, man. Cliff Martinez can bring the slappers, even though he brought in Nightcall a second time in the same year. Still a great track. I think it fit with a nightclub. Um, I like the flashback scenes, too. I think they're really effective. I don't think anything really dragged too much. I was never bored. McConaughey's performance knocked it out of the park. I got I saw great performances all across the board. Marissa Tomei was bringing it. William H. Macy had some fun, you know, banter with McConaughey. Loved the, the Earl character. Seemed like a, you know, he was, he had kind of like a, you know, he was like a guy with a past, you know, that McConaughey's maybe helping out. Um, and I thought his interactions were interesting too. I'm going to give this movie a solid uh, 7.5 for me. So it's a movie that I liked. I, I think it would actually reward rewatching, uh, re- rewatches, um, because I think they were throwing a lot at me. Um, it was hard to kind of keep pace. There was a lot of like, you know, snappy dialogue. It's like, you know, this, 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 this. And then yeah. you, it's hard to keep, you know, I think maybe if I watched it again, I'll, I'll kind of understand more of more of what's going on in the movie. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Normally, these normally these types of movies aren't really my bag. Um, so that's that's kind of why maybe it's not hitting the eight, eight, nine, ten for me. Um, but this is a very high rating for this type of movie for me. So I was pretty happy with it. Glad to hear it, man. I'm just happy that you're happy. I'm happy that I'm happy, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy that you're happy that I'm happy. And Jace, I hope you're happy. Yeah, this was an MM stunner. I enjoyed it. 
I don't know. Re- rewatchability might be low for me, but yeah, I, I dug sitting down. I enjoyed the two hours of this film a lot. Yeah. Um. So I think this gets you know the star of recommendation mm-hmm. uh, from us. You know, I really thought the um, what was his name? Uh, Ryan Philippe's character. Like when I saw him, I was like, "Is that Peter Malark from Hunger Games?" <laughs> and I had to look it up. I'm like, "No, no, it's Taron Edgerton." It's it's kind of like um, they all look the same. Yeah, there's there's like a group of actors that kind of like all kind of fall. It's like the Topher Grace and uh, uh, Toby Maguire thing, and it's funny because they showed up in the same movie. But like, yeah, they, they fill the same actor mold for me. But honestly, I thought he played a pretty effective villain um, when he was in the courtroom. Like, it was he played that where he's like trying to be sympathetic, but you can almost see the mask behind his performance where he's like actually a psychopath who doesn't really care. And I thought that's like a tough, you know, tough line to, to do here. It's pretty yeah, powerful. I'm not going to make any statements about quality of the on stand testimony. Oh yeah. I, uh, it seemed pretty awkward <laughs> to another, me uh, at the, I liked it, but at the time when he like stops from answering the question, looks at the jury, he's like, treat it like an animal. <laughs> and I was like, but then the jury allowed? was like, oh, yeah, he's treated like an animal. Wow. You know, you know how juries look in criminal trials? They don't look like that. They look like this. <laughs> don't want to look at the defendant. They don't fucking pay attention. Oh, my God. There's like one one of them is the ringleader, the one guy that pays attention, and they all end up just listening to him. <laughs> Dude, like, if you're not the foreman, you're just like sitting there doodling. Some just, there... like, some just yeah. say no notes. No, you're not allowed to take notes because people just doodle. Hmm. That's so annoying. Is there ever a fight for like um, the the one jury member who gets to stand up and he's like, "Your Honor, we the, the jury no. say this man is guilty." Like in no. the movies, there's no fight. Um, no, because the we call it the. Well, I think now a lot of courts call it four member, but the mm. form jury foreman. Mm. Um. That's good. I it's, like that. It's, it's selected by the court. So they pick a guy to stand up and person. be like, not guilty. Yeah, person. Say not um, guilty. It really depends. I hate saying this, but like the different county courts will do it differently. Um, some of them will have the person stand up and the other one just they hand the verdict sheet to the judge and the judge reads it. And then they say, is this your verdict? And they say yes. It's called polling the jury. So the you have a right to have your jury polled. E O L L, um, and they ask each individual member. Yeah, what? Ben Affleck comes you, in you with a right staff and he pulls them. Shut up! It's called it's called your right to bow staff. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it, does, it really does depend. But nobody ever fights over it. No, you don't ever get to choose. Okay, well, guys, we did it. We, we did watched it. Our last McConaughey movie. It's bittersweet for me. Um, because now I'm like, I, I'm almost like, you watch another McConaughey movie after seeing a good McConaughey performance. Yeah. Like, Damn. Did we give yeah. him a fair chance? No. When he's on, he's on, man. He is on. Yeah. It's like Ridley Scott with his movies for me, where it's like, when it's a banger, it's a fucking banger. But when it's not, it's a big old dookie pile that I hate. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think McConaughey kind of like, me like ben you know it's like he's got hitters and missers i mean he's got an up and down career but if if y'all you know audience you know if you guys have an opinion on how we how we pulled ben affleck's career 
you know, let us know in the uh, in the comments. Let us know, uh, you know, through our through you know Instagram and social media, um, what you guys thought about about Matthew McConaughey and our our journey that we've taken with him. Um, how are you guys feeling at the end of the journey? I'm I'm tired and my feet have grown weary. <laughs> so are you uh, are you done with the McCon? He, yeah, I'd like to move on to something something else, but. Um... Yeah, I agree. I'm not necessarily sure we gave him the. If we could do it differently, I would have. But oh, you um, always, yeah. I can always just watch Mud tomorrow. In Mondays, right. now we're free, baby. We're, <laughs> we're free, freedom. <laughs> the feeling I have right now is the feeling you have when you graduate high school or college, where you're like, it's bittersweet. Where you're like, I've had all these memories, but now it's time to move on to a new exciting chapter. Yeah. yeah. What do now? What do now? You know, maybe we could go back and he's like, yeah, maybe I could have, you know, done some things differently in college or high school or whatever. You know, I could have could have gone to have more fun or whatever. But, you know, now that's over. The door's closed. We've uh, we've exercised McConaughey from our, our podcast. Um, oh, Dennis, Denali, Ryan, Lincoln lawyer. It had the pamphlet on the inside. I found the key. The key. Oh, the key out of McConaughey's I found the key in a couple episodes. Okay, you guys. Next room yeah. we go in. Do yeah. not close the door behind us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we said that last room. Oh God. I think they closed themselves. I'm I'm a little worried here. I think somebody's playing a trick on us. You should at least leave an open path to the bathroom because having a shit corner in McConaughey's mud mud room was not the best way corner. to do this. Corner. Oh, what a good idea. <laughs> Corner. That's not mud. Ryan, have you it's been the mud room? <laughs> it's McConaughey's shit room. It's the <laughs> his leech field. Yeah. Um well next week we're gonna be hitting the state of the podcast mm-hmm. episode where we're gonna deliberate on the fate of season three. What direction are we gonna go into? I'm really excited to hit this. Um, can we agree maybe on some ground rules ahead of time? Because I think we struggled with how we're going to yeah. Um, Amber doesn't get a vote, vote or something. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does Yuri or Julie. Yeah, Yuri and Julie are a casualty of that. But <laughs> we've talked about already like a couple of other alternative methods we can do. We can do you know rank choice voting, vo- rank choice voting between the three of us. I'm totally down to do that. Um, we can also do the Wheel of Chaos, which is a Wheel of Fortune simulator where we just randomly pick one of our things. <laughs> but then that would eliminate the need for a pitch, which I like our pitches. I like pitch. Um, I think maybe we should do pitches, narrow it down, and then let fate decide or something like that. That's also maybe, an option. That's hybrid a good model. idea. Yeah, I hybrid like model. Um, I think maybe in the future, um, once once we kind of have less of a delay between episodes, we can have a poll with our audience. You know, and just you know have people maybe have our audience decide what our next one is. You know, between like a you know five or six or whatever, or write in your answer, which could be chaotic. I say come I mean, up with a I'm pitch. I'm more interested in a theme now this time, right? Like I am too, Ryan. Me too. I'm interested available? in a theme. I also. I'll put okay. themes on the table. If you guys okay. want to just suggest are... a really stellar actor option, I'm open to hear it. But I'm I'm feeling themes for season three. If you guys are okay, I so for the pitch. Um, one again, I'm gonna come up with a slide deck. I would like to see. I won't go as in depth into movies, but I think um, you know, topic why you chose it. A li- at least three movies, at least four movies. Two goods, two stinkers. What the meter will be, because the meter's very important for a podcast. Oh my god, I fucked up. I was gonna say that I gave the movie 
All right, 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 all right. Is that nine all rights? Shit. Like, ah, fuck. Put it in post, Jace. Yeah, never mind. Whatever. So, oh, well, um, two a piece, one a piece. Do two? Two. Let's do two. Yeah. Let's do a limit of two pitches per person. I think that sounds like a good pitch. Um, oh, well, hope you guys will join us next week with our second state of the podcast episode. Um, our loose, our loosest episode that we, we ever do in a season. I hope you guys will join us. Um, watch us do a verbal battle royale for the fate of season three. What are we going to be doing for almost three straight months watching the same type of movie <laughs> over and over that. again? <laughs> Pressure's on. If, if it's Airbud, I'm just buying the box set. <laughs> I want it to be Airbud so bad. Uh, but thanks so much for joining us. Jace, you want to plug our uh, our shit? Yeah, you sure. Plug our social medias. <laughs> oh, plug <laughs> our shit. It's falling out. I'm, I'm well, plugging it up, boys. So doing this for uh, YouTube is going to be so painstaking when we literally say plug our shit. They're just plug our social media. Hey, pl- plug our poop. Get the poop plug, Jace. The cork. The stick up. Yeah. As Denali said, thanks for stopping by. You can reach us at GBGB Podcast on Twitter. Shoot our Twitter a tweet, and we'll Twitter a twelt back at you. Did you, you say in the middle of that? Been <laughs> <laughs> on our Twitter. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at GBGB's Podcast. Good boys got fuck, man. I don't. No, it's I should just. just it's I need to write style these on Instagram. At good boys okay. gone bland. And you can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, and Spotify, where you're listening to us right now. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> are you, how do you know that? I'm using a gramophone. <laughs> they mailed me a vinyl of this episode. Uh, cool, guys. Um, if you guys got nothing else, anything else to... Oh, like our shit. And... <laughs> like our shit. And write a comment. And start your comment Please. with "I'm a Gemini." A lot of our, yeah, I notice a lot of our reviews are starting with that. Um, I love it. I love um, all the quotes and memes that our uh, our listeners are throwing at us. Uh, keep it up; it always it always warms my heart to know that <laughs> some random shit, uh, you know, sticks to them. So, um, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Join us next week. State of the podcast. <laughs> Wow. <laughs>